0: Hello, and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. And I'm Sally Gentry. And Joey is nowhere to be found. Still, we can't find him. What's happening? I don't know. He's doing this specialized training. Ah. Nowhere to be seen. His chair is empty. What are we going to do? I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to wing it. We're going to have to move forward, I tell you. He should be back with us on the next episode of The Gifted Life, and he'll have much more information, more knowledge to bring to the table. We love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do have a power-packed episode for you today. We will talk to an organization that is using technology to increase the number of registered Donors. Pretty neat. We're going to fill you in.
1: Yes, indeed. And we often talk with donor families and recipients, as many of you have listened before, probably know. But today we have a really wonderful guest who's on the transplant waiting list, Mm. and we're going to hear her story.
0: Powerful. And we can all use a good shot of positivity. So Sally will cover positive thinking. We could use that in 2017. That's coming your way. We'll also honor a hero. And we have a question for you. Can you share a podcast, please? We're asking you to do that to help us spread awareness. You can find us on your favorite podcast apps. You just have to search for The Gifted Life, and you'll see our heart with the microphone in there, neat little logo. Please look for it. You can also find it at Lopa.org. And then maybe you're on social media, on Facebook. We're Donate Life Louisiana, Twitter, Instagram, at Donate Life L.A. We try to make it easy. You can also
1: give us a call 504-648-3477.
0: We'd like to hear from you. Yeah, we may even use that audio on the podcast. We want it to be interactive. We want to spread awareness about donation. We want to spread the facts and you can help us do that. It's really easy. So we have a power packed podcast to get to. You ready, Sal? I am. Here we go. excited because we have a guest joining us on this episode of The Gifted Life, George Weiner. Hey, George.
2: Hey, team. How's it going?
0: We are great. We know that you are with Whole Whale, an organization using technology to increase the number of registered donors, which is amazing, but we want to know how you got started. Here on the podcast, we always talk about one person making a difference, using their talents to do something different and you fit right in. So fill us in.
2: You know, I'm really honored to be on the podcast and certainly doing my best to to leave the world a little bit better than better than where I found it. With regard to yeah, Whole Whale is about leveraging data and tech to increase the impact of nonprofits and we love the work we've done with Donate Life America. And, you know, in terms of increasing uh, organ registrations in our country, we can't think of a better cause to be working on. You know, my short background, I spent uh, I spent seven years at DoSomething.org, the largest organization for teens and social cause in America, building them up. Uh, I was their chief technology officer and, you know, really saw what could happen when data and tech were properly used in uh, in terms of hitting an outcome that you wanted to see, which in that case was teen volunteerism and, uh, and engagement there. And then, you know, I, I turned around and said, how do I do this at a larger scale, work toward the uh, the sector in general? And, uh, and I founded Whole Whale well, six years ago, actually. Wow. Now I'm here talking to you guys.
0: Yes, so you are working <laughs> your way up, George. Good job. <laughs> uh, I'd say I made
2: it. I'm well, gonna, we, gonna we saw
0: that uh, you, you teamed with Donate Life America last year. Measuring the impact, tracking where these registrations come from online so that we could do a better job of saving more lives. So kind of using the technology side. So talk about your work with Donate Life America. How did that all get started? And then where are we now?
2: Where are we now? You know, we love Donate Life America because it is a perfect example of the outcome you want to see that crosses what we call the digital impact chasm. Now this doesn't only live in the donate life world, which I'll come back to. The digital impact chasm fundamentally addresses why the heck do we have a website? Like literally ask yourself that question. Why do we put information up there? Why are we updating these pictures and posting things? What are the data that we look at? What are the key performance indicators we look at that suggest we're gonna have a real impact in this world rather than play with, you know, bits and bytes on the internet and and with regard to donate life. We've been able to map that exact activity, create predictive indicators, and then execute on exact strategies that lead toward the outcomes we want to see, which are more registered donors through the uh, through the online registration portals, and then really go apples to apples. I mean, you guys do so many marketing campaigns. It's absurd. Every week there's like a new, hey, here's McSweeney's bride. Like, what is that? Oh, you don't know McSweeney? Like, just trying to keep up with all of these activities can be incredible. Now our work, thanks to, you know, when we originally found, found our paths, uh, paths crossed, uh, Mm -hmm. I think a couple uh, conferences ago at the annual Donate Life uh, America conference where, you know, we originally brought in to just do a little song and dance about what social media can do and what it can mean when properly leveraged on the ground. And then last year, Lots of fun, again, out there in Vegas talking about, you know, what we've been able to do with uh, Google AdWords and Google Analytics, getting free advertising to drive organ donations in across the country. George, I
1: do have a question for you. I work in the Family Services Department, and we do all the follow-up post-recovery of families. And we have found, uh, at least from from what I'm hearing from our donor families, is that being able to tell their stories – has made a big difference for them and their family members wanting to sign up, become a donor. And I'm wondering, do you see what has the biggest impact? Is it the real one-on-one stories from donor families or recipients or both?
2: Yeah, you know, I think there's definitely a place for the various strategies. You know, one doesn't exist in isolation of the other. And those stories really, what I'd say, they invigorate and they inspire your core audience, right? What we call the thousand true fans. I know there's more than that, but that group of people that you said, you know, Saturday at 7 a.m., we need you to show Mm -hmm. up here, register people and Flip Pancakes, and they're showing up. That's the type of thing that really, that deepens the engagement there, and you need that sort of, those true fans. Now, what we have seen that has worked, what we've seen that has worked really, actually comes back to taking advantage of opportunities that present themselves in the media, that take advantage of pre-existing what we call niches or tribes that exist on the ground, such as some of the work you've done with college football, some of the work that you've done with fraternities, some of the work that you've done around, sadly, when a celebrity passes. However, there is a, a silver lining because the fact that that little box was checked. And you do a phenomenal job, we see in the data, actually, when those moments are are sort of carefully capitalized on, I'd say, uh, with regard to saying in the media, in social media, and posting stories specifically through Facebook, which outperforms Twitter for mm-hmm. you guys nationally, mm-hmm. around that narrative when we have the opportunity to speak about uh, organ donation.
0: You touched on social media. A lot of our, our volunteers are saying, oh, we're so busy, but we want to do something. What can I do with Twitter. What can I do with my Instagram to help spread donation awareness? So we know that you're tech savvy. What can you tell us? How can you help us to maybe spread the word?
2: Yeah. So the interesting thing when we're talking about a social media strategy, it lends itself so often to Mm -hmm. cliches, right? Where we're saying, you know, be engaged, go where they are. You know, you can play a little BS bingo, if you don't mind me saying, when, when you end up talking about this topic very practically though it is kind of for you guys baked in the the idea of getting lucky lucky for me means opportunity plus preparation now preparation when we're looking at it for you all means fostering this community of people that are willing to amplify a message when it's time Mm -hmm. to push it out there and when it's time is like i'm saying there's a news event a cycle a moment an annual component or a call to action where you need a bunch of people at the same time to raise their hand There's an interesting site called Thunderclap where you effectively organize a bunch of people to pre-program a message to go out at a certain date and time such that you get a higher level of amplification to the message. Your existing audience, your true fans, the people that are already following you Mm -hmm. and liking you on Facebook and Twitter, they're already registered. So you guys have, and I know you already speak about this, this choir, right? You're like, well, what do we – we're just – we're going back to the choir here. They know the songs. They know the hymns. What do we – What are we doing? So what you're doing is reminding them of why we do the work, waiting for that moment, saying, hold everybody, wait for the right moment. And then when you see the whites of their eyes, we need everybody to suddenly retweet Sweeney. We need everybody actually suddenly to go out to anybody that you know in college because we have this new opportunity to register fraternities and a fraternity challenge. Or by the way, here is a celebrity in a moment that we need you all to amplify this specific message. And then the hook is always sending back to the registration form. You need to reduce the steps every single time. You can't just have a post that says, go register. No, 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 Here's the link. And you know, you're like, isn't that lazy? No, that's just what happens. Like, we need to reduce the amount of steps. So in there, packaged in the strategy, uh, hopefully gives you some starting points. You know, I think you guys actually have access to the social media training we offer, How to Be Human. As a client of Whole Whale, so you get that for free. It's a $150 course that I'll make sure to share with you that can be shared with everybody, you know, frankly listening to this podcast because if they're internal to you guys. So uh, we can make that available to you. But we actually have a course on how to be social, how to be human on social media. Uh, But we're strategy specific.
1: You know, many times as we're reading different things on Facebook or things that people are just putting out on the Internet. I know that part of Donate Life's role is to make sure that people get a clear understanding about the myths about organ or the donation process. So how does that work? How, how are you able through your venue to make sure that this is the real stuff, real information that people are getting and not saying that somebody's just decided, oh, well, yeah, here. How, how do you do that?
2: Yeah, you know, we drift in. I think you're hinting maybe a little at fake news. You're hinting a little bit at the... Uh the idea of misinformation certainly right, surrounding right. organ donation out there and, uh, and the misnomers there. Uh, you know, for the most part, I'd say with regard to national sentiment, you're, you know, you're over in terms of every single poll I've seen over 90%, you know, I know, you know, more accurately, but we're talking over 90% of the humans in, in the US agree mm-hmm. with this idea. So I don't know if you're, you're really, uh, most of your work is there rather than closing the sort of activation gap of the people that mm-hmm. are willing, but have right. not yet been enabled. And I. Say that's the first gap to focus on, rather than changing the hearts and minds of nine to seven percent of the humans. <laughs> um, that said, with regard to misinformation, we really want to also keep an eye on social listening as an opportunity to see when there might be conversations going on about the topics we care about, such as organ donation registration, and definitely the misnomers out there. But again, really, the the numbers are in the difference between the the people that care versus the people that have actually registered. And I think that's the bigger slice of the pie and where the energy should Man, be spent. I can
0: hear why you get results. We love this. George Weiner of Whole Whale. You can check it out. How do we learn more about Whole Whale?
2: Uh, well, wholewhale.com is a dynamite place to start.
0: Hey, that's easy. Did you do that on purpose? My. Oh my
2: goodness. As though we rehearsed it five times. <laughs>
0: com, you say. All right. So check that out. And we look forward to more work that you put out on behalf of Donate Life America, which benefits us all and saves more lives. Thanks so much.
2: Brilliant. Thanks for having me.
0: We have a guest joining us, a pretty positive guest. So you'll like that, Miss Sally. The Lauren Puckett. Hey, Lauren.
3: Hi, guys. How are you?
0: We are so good. We know that you are smiling and speaking to you, knowing you. And we were like, a little ray of sunshine. Aww. So we decided to bring that to our podcast audience. So we appreciate you taking the time. And we really just wanted to hear your story. We know that you are currently on the waiting list for what?
3: Yes, yeah, for a kidney transplant.
0: For a kidney transplant. And this is not your first go-round. So kind of mm-hmm. take us back to 1996. Uh, tell us what was going on with you. Well,
3: actually, it started um, two years before that. Um, I was 11 years old. And basically, I was never sick, and so I had a rash, and so they did testing, found out it was anemic, and it took them two years to found that, uh, find out that I was in a renal failure. Wow. So, at that point, they, uh, they tested my dad, and he was a perfect match. <gasps> wow. Yes. So um, from there, it really didn't take long at all. They were able to do the transplant totally about three months later after finding out my diagnosis. And from there, it, it's been pretty much too, too failing until about two years ago.
0: Wow. So I'm just thinking 13, most 13-year-olds and their fathers and those relationships or whatever, but um, you seem like to be on a different track, right?
3: Absolutely. Um Definitely, you know, like he didn't even think twice about wanting to donate to me, so um, I can't thank him enough for that. <laughs> a
0: good guy, and so fast forward, you're almost thirty five correct, and you're in need of another kidney.
3: I am over time, um it comes to the point where some people will get chronic rejection. um I've been feeling great for the past two years, but until July, I started feeling badly. I had severe anemia. I was in the hospital several times, and they finally uh, put me on hemodialysis. So from there, um, I was placed on the list, which I had never been placed on the list before. So that's an experience in itself. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and then you were talking about how, how positive you are about this whole thing. You're You're dealing with this like a champ, right?
3: Yes. I mean, there's no other... No other way to do it because if you if you're too down about it, then it just gets you you know depressed and it's not a good feeling, so might as well make the best out of it.
0: There you go. We have our good days and our bad days, but you know what has to happen in order for you to receive that gift of life, and you know about it from a very personal experience, your cousin right,
3: yes, my cousin Jonathan Daly he was a um, he was a hero several years ago. Um, he was an organ tissue and eye donor. We're very fortunate that my aunt made that decision. So, um, actually, my cousin made that decision. So, um, he was able to give life to several people, which we're very fortunate for.
1: Well, and along with that being on a personal note, you also have worked for other organ procurement agencies, too. That's
3: correct. Yep. I worked for two um, other agencies, one in Maryland and one in Florida. So
0: well, we know you have support at home. We know mom, just as perky, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say something? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Miss yes. uh, Cheryl, she's the director of LOPA's call center. But we're all thinking about you. We appreciate you sharing your story with us. But if there is something, someone else in your shoes out there that's listening and you seem like you've kind of been down this track, what kind of advice, I guess, would you would you give?
3: basically just keep on going. Um there was a point where I was at work and I was so short of breath I couldn't even didn't think I would even make it to the front door. But I just kept on pushing myself and I'm here today, you know, just a few months later, feeling so much better. It's just a short period of time. The, I I guess the wait will be worth it. Um and don't give up.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to follow your story, Lauren, and we hope that you continue to check in with us um, and just let us know about your journey.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: We really appreciate hearing from you.
0: In our family support segment today, positive. Thinking. And I love what Miss Sally said. Is your glass half full, half empty, or do you need a refill? I love that. Right? Fill it yes, in.
1: that's it. You know, lots of times people think, well, you're just looking at the world through rose-colored glasses when you want everything to be positive. What about all the bad stuff and the negativity? You know, for many people, the death of their loved one and how can I remain positive through all that? And, you know, you can't just gloss over these things and pretend they didn't happen. However, there are good things that come out of everything. And as you know, from you know your volunteers, mm-hmm. uh, from working with donor families, it is very emotionally difficult sometimes. But then they do find the good that's coming out of it. And, and I think that's what keeps us all going. Well, you know, you can get mired down and, well, it's terrible. Life will never be good again. It's a horrible world. But if you can kind of just take a step back and you can find humor in most things that happen. Uh, And I don't mean to laugh at something. I mean, laughing with someone about a a funny story that's happened along the way. You know, and people who do have um, a positive way of viewing the world um, seem to do much better. When you have more of a positive outlook, you're able to see through that dark lining, if you will, And see that, well, there could be some good that's going to be coming out of all this. But then I'm sure, Lori, you know folks who everything is wrong. Everything is bad. Nothing's ever going to be good about this anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you get tired of being with those folks Mm -hmm. because that's all they find.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And you really need to have that little bit of, okay, I'm motivated now. I'm going to see what's right in the world. And, you know, there's strategies that you can do. You can do self-talk and you can say, okay, I'm not going to be focusing on what's wrong. Let me start out my day with focusing on what can go good.
0: Is that what you did during the flood? Because I tell you, I was drawn to you. You were always making progress. We're moving forward. I have a plan. At least this happened today. That won't happen till tomorrow. But, I mean, you were in it to win it. Well, because I knew if I didn't, it would be very easy to get stuck. Yeah.
1: Now, I'm not saying that there weren't times that <laughs> I was like, oh, boy, yeah. I kind of feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. But I knew it wasn't going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a difference for sometimes people who get caught into this negative explanatory style, if you will. Oh, it's going to last forever. It's just not going to get better. When in the reality of the world, everything goes forward. Everything moves on. Now, whether that's to the good or to the bad, that's how we want to perceive it. So I think that being able just to take a moment and reflect on, okay, I've had this in my life that was good. Let's focus on that for a few moments and let's now move in that direction. And I think that's what helped me through it. Uh, I've had adversity in life, just like I think most of us have, Um, but I chose to take a higher road, if you will. And again, not that it was always fun and And I I know it's not that way. And not always easy. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, Fun maybe was not a good word to use. huh? Uh-huh.
0: Well, <laughs> you, some days it was fun when everybody got together and was helping you. That was well. That's true. We had a, we had a good time with that.
1: Um, but I think just part of of being a positive thinker also is again being grateful for what you have mm-hmm. and being able to see that because most of the time I think that's what happens to many of us. We get caught up. Oh, if I just had this, or if I, if I could just change that. Or if I could move this in a different place, I would be happier. But you know what?
0: Mm -hmm. The thing is
1: this. Wherever you go, you're taking you with you, and that means all your thoughts and feelings and behaviors. So if you choose not to be positive about it and take the other road of being negative, then life's not so easy, as you said, Mm -hmm. or fun. Um, So I think be able to think things through and just say, okay, I'm thankful for what I have is really, and grateful, I think that's a a good way to remain positive.
0: I'm smiling. I'm positive right now. Good for you. I'm learning from you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sally. You have something you want Sally to tackle uh, during her family support segment, info at lopa.org. Honoring a hero here on The Gifted Life.
1: Our hero today is Christy Mayfield.
0: Yes and we learn about Christy from her mother. Her mother says on December 31st 2015 at 7:15 a.m my life was turned upside down and inside out. My daughter Christy Mayfield had just turned 21 a little over a month before that day. She was on her way to work when she collided with a log truck less than 15 miles from home. To be told that she was not going to make it was devastating. When we were asked to help honor her decision to be an organ donor, I immediately said yes. You see, my beautiful girl had spent her life helping others in any way she could. So when I was asked to honor her decision to be an organ donor, I could not say no. My daughter lived her life helping others, and I know that she would have expected to continue to do so. So to honor her legacy of her life, we gave in death. It fills my heart with love and pride that my sweet funny, sassy, full of love and life girl, wanted to help others. You can read more about what mom wrote on our heroes page, Lopa.org. You can also see Christy's picture and you can learn about other heroes there as well. So the heroes page at Lopa.org.
1: And now we pause to say thank you to Christy for the gift of
0: life. our question and answer segment today. I am a kidney transplant recipient of 11 years now. Congrats. I'm writing to ask, where can I get a Donate Life t-shirt or can I get one? Thank you very much. Thank you for writing in. Uh, We have a very cool site that you can go to for Donate Life promotional items, such as the t-shirt you're talking about. It's donationmerchandise.com. And it's a pretty cool site. Well, and not only
1: can you get t-shirts, you can get lapel pins, tote bags, hats, jackets.
0: All kinds of great Donate Life promotional items. So DonationMerchandise.com. Check it out today. Another episode of The Gifted Life in the Books, ma'am. Yes, indeed. Thanks to Lauren Puckett for sharing her story with us. Our little ray of sunshine. Love that. Absolutely. And George Weiner for sharing some social media insight with us as well. We do miss Joe. He's still in training. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll back. see him again soon. We'll send him a, an email or something. Yes. We miss you, Joe. All right. <laughs> and listen, if you're out there and you're listening on iTunes, you like what you hear, please leave us a rating. A good one, though, right? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: (laughs) A positive one, please. That's right. And we hope that you go out and do something that you don't normally do to help us make life happen.